book of Romans. Yes, it's Paul's biggest letters, but it's also one of the most debated letters of all time. This book has shaped theologies and beliefs for centuries, but why did Paul write it? What is its purpose, and how should we respond to it? During this series, The Road Through Romans, we are going to discuss this and more. My name is Pastor Aaron. And I'm Pastor Leon. And we'd like to welcome you to Calvary's Compass. So, we are finally in Romans chapter 5. It's been quite a journey. Uh, We are seven podcasts into this. Wow. And we are finally hitting uh, Romans chapter 5. And this is where things start to pivot um, in Paul's letter to the Romans. Um, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 are are like the, the most debated parts of the book of Romans of all time, specifically um, verses uh, chapters seven, eight, and nine. Those ones have shaped, as we said in our intro, theologies, and we are about to dive into some of these things in the next couple podcasts. But today, uh, we are going to be reading Paul setting up what he's about to uh, throw down here in these next couple chapters in the book of Romans. Um, and so we're just gonna, we're just gonna dive right in and, and get started, I think, because this is, this is some, uh, good stuff that we're going to dive into today. So I think we're just going to start off by reading and what better to, to go through Romans than to, to read it. So we're going to start reading, uh, chapter five, and I think we're going to read verses one through five to start off with, but we'll kind of let the Holy Spirit guide us uh, through this conversation today. So it says, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, because through him, we have obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in in hope of the glory of God. Now we're going to pause there actually because unpacking that is actually going to bring us into the next little bit of, 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 of our text. So that was actually only the first two verses. Um, but what Paul is saying here is that we have been brought into a place of peace with God. And he's going to kind of start talking about um, some things that we were at war with God and we were enemies with God, but this is where he's going to start bringing up that, you know, we were at war with God and we were not at peace with God, but, but God has sent peace to us through Jesus Christ. Now, I want you to understand that peace is actually shalom, and shalom means a restorative thing. So when, 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 Bible, when the Bible says that, that he's bringing peace it doesn't mean just being calm, but it means restoring that which was broken. Yeah. So, so um, he is saying that we were living broken. We were living uh, in a destitute state of, of, of being and basically on a treadmill that was broken. But, but through Jesus Christ, he has brought us shalom. He's brought us restoration unto God. Well, I like that it says that um, we have been justified or we have been made right, right with God. And whom other can make us right other than Jesus? Right. You know, he says, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus. So because of Jesus, he mm-hmm. gives us peace. I mean, it's the same peace that Jesus stood on the boat and looked at the storms and said, peace, yeah, be still. And so that means through the waving tides of life, of our culture, of where we are, Jesus still speaks the peace. Mm-hmm. And Paul is telling us, since we've been made right with God, uh, God in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done. He's done right. these things for us. And that's a big thing um, that, that Paul is going to address because— like we talked about in the last couple of podcasts, it's by faith. Mm-hmm. It's not by works. It's by faith, right. by our faith 
in the grace in which Jesus has given us. And 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 Paul's going to start talking in Romans chapter 6 about about grace and about overcoming sin, but he's in chapter 5 he is setting up the dominoes that he's about to knock down in 6 in 6 7 8 9 and 10 so on and so forth. So this is a turning point in Paul's letter where he's re-establishing some themes and carrying over some themes and and um he's setting up some dominoes to knock down right um but he's talking about grace and he's talking about hope Mm -hmm. and and this is something that not a lot of people have nowadays we there are things in this world that that seem hopeless there are things in this world that seem that you know there is no hope for this particular thing or, or or some people may say that there is no hope for America but but I want I want you to to listen to what Paul's words say in these next couple of verses because he's going to show you what produces hope in our life. He's going to show you what produces these things that God wants to produce. And let me tell you it's not the way that you think. It doesn't come through Let's just say it doesn't come through anything good at first. So he says in verse 3, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, Mm -hmm. knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Now, I want to break down these words that Paul uses because they're rep- repetitive words. So I'm, re- I'm going to break down suffering, endurance, character, and hope. And in our English language, it's not as vast as what the uh, Greek in which Paul was writing because there are many definitions for one specific word in the Greek. One word could have five different definitions. And and I think that our English translations are good, but it doesn't give the full justice to what Paul is trying to say here. Because the first thing that we're going to break down is the suffering. Um, and so Paul says that we have to rejoice in our sufferings. And, and for us, you know, what is suffering? What is What does it look like to suffer? Well, it looks different for everybody. But in the Greek, it actually is defined as pressure. Mm-hmm. Not just pressure, but distress, uh, trouble, you know, the, the pressure that we come in at, you know, you know we, I mean, you're, so, so you're facing hardship, so you're facing distress, you're facing trouble. This is the pressure that comes in and, and you feel the squeezing and your anxiety is raising up, you're, you know, you're, you're not being able to uh, settle your heart and your spirit there's a lot of things racing in your mind and not being able to find the peace that Paul was talking about that we have through Jesus, we have with God. And so so the the, the pressure continues to mount, the, the, the stress, the the troubles continue to mount, and we and, and and we lose the peace that God's given us, that Jesus supplied. Right. And here's the thing. We all face pressure. We all face suffering right and just because one person's pressure isn't the same as another person's Mm -hmm. pressure it doesn't mean anything different here's the thing that we have to understand is through the pressures of life pressures on our job pressures in our family through the sufferings that we face the sufferings of anxiety and depression god wants to produce something through that because he says that he wants to take what the enemy meant for evil and turn it around for his good right and so he wants to produce in us hope he wants to give us hope but that only comes through rejoicing and suffering and and if you're anything like like me or, or pastor leon you know we don't like to suffer too much <laughs> no um there are many things in our life that you know we just want it to be smooth sailing and easy but but in order for god to produce in us what he wants us to look like there has to be a pressure there has to be a squeezing which with that that must take place in each of our lives to squeeze out anything that is not of him right because here's the thing and i and i like this analogy that this one minister says 
when you are squeezed by life, what comes out? Is it anger or is it love? Is it the fruit of righteousness or the or the fruit of the or the fruit of the enemy? And these are things that that each of us face. We all face pressure, we all face a squeezing, we all face these things, but what comes out of us? What does it produce within us? Because here's the thing, it should produce endurance and character and hope. But when we are not in perfect alignment with what God is saying, when faced with pressure, it does not produce what God intends it to produce. Now, let's clarify this a little bit more because, you know, we are human beings and there are things that humanly we naturally do at first moment okay so what we're saying is not the things that when it immediately happens that you're gonna have peace immediately no No. because your natural mind in in your in your physical body you're going to experience rapid emotions and and things are going to start running in your mind and so that is a natural thing that's a little different but what pastor aaron is pointing out and Paul, what he's saying, what he's really trying to say here today is it's after that initial shock of recognizing these things are happening, what is your go-to moment? What are you going to when you're facing the pressure? Do you run to God or do you run to 20 people to try to get answers for? Right. You know, do we go to what the Word of the Lord says or we or we try to... Uh, go on social media, put it out there, and then see what people say to try to give us encouragement or to try to give us a direction. You know, so so our mind goes in so many directions right now, specifically when you're facing the pressure. But it's the pressure that presses us to become something more. You know, that iron when you're when you're ironing your clothes, it's hot, and you put a hot iron on that wrinkled garment or clothes. The pressure that you're pressing upon the garment with a hot iron irons out the wrinkles. And that's what God is doing in us when we're going through those moments and there's wrinkles. We don't see the wrinkles, but the person that is looking at you and, and you know can see those wrinkles. God sees us. He sees us for who we are. That's why he said in his word, he's coming back for a church without spot or blemish or any wrinkle on their garment. He has to do the pressing. The pressing has to come. And he chastens those whom he loves. Absolutely. And think about this from another perspective. In order to get oil, olive oil, you must press the olive. Mm -hmm. In order to get wine, you must press the grape. Right. So in order to produce things take another perspective when you have to produce gold you have to melt off any impurity right so there's a process of pressing in each of our life in each of our lives that through the right perspective produces more godliness and helps us grow faster yeah than it would on our own i like that you pointed out um that the olive, uh, first of most importantly, I, we have talked, I don't know if you wanted me to say it or not, but, you know, I, one of the things that I've been hearing God is um, through the Holy Spirit that the, the, the body of Christ is in a pressure cooker. Yeah. And in, and the pressure cooker is something that speeds up the process of the cooking. So it, so it comes out done in a quicker fashion. But when you're talking about the olives, I, I, I'm thinking I have preached this before at one point, but... Um, Jesus, when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he was in the Mount of Olives. And there he was in the midst of olive pulps. I've been to the Holy Lands. I've seen the area where they assume Jesus prayed. I've seen the olive pulps. It's very hard areas. They're hard pulps. And, and, And there are some ways to grind those pulps to produce the oil. And metaphorically, there's Jesus. He's in a pressure. He's in a pressure cooker. He's, yeah. you know, he's in the garden praying, Lord, you know, let this cup pass by me, but nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. So ironically, he's in a place of pressing while he's pressing. Yeah. And and actually. And that's when the anointing comes out. Oil comes out in the pressing. Yeah. And and, and it's ironic that you, you say that because literally 
It was in the garden. Yeah. That that Jesus made the choice to redeem humanity, but mm-hmm. it was also in the garden where Adam made the choice Come to bring on. death to yep. humanity. Yep. So Jesus restorative, the shalom, the peace, mm-hmm. the re- the restoration yeah. properties of Christ happened in the same atmosphere that Adam was in, but the perspective of Jesus and Adam were completely different. Yeah. See, in the garden, they were both being pressed to do something. Mm-hmm. The pressure was on. The pressure was on for both of them. But in the elevated perspective that Jesus had over Adam, Jesus chose death to himself in order to give life to others, whereas Adam chose life to what he wanted and death to others. Because as we're going to continue reading eventually in this in this podcast for Romans, Paul actually starts comparing the death in Adam and life in Christ yeah. motifs. So it's ironic that the Holy Spirit already is starting to bring us into those those um, connections here. But yeah. but it was in the same place where they were both faced with the same pressure mm-hmm. to do something. But notice that with Jesus, when he chose to rejoice in his suffering, yep. to rejoice in the pressure, it produced in him not just endurance, but character and hope for the world. Not just himself, but for the world, because through him, we are justified and redeemed. Yeah. So just reading in that verse alone, with Adam, when he chose to do his own will, and chose to buckle under the pressure instead of um, allow the pressure to do what God intended it to do. Right. He brought. I don't. The word that I'm looking for. It's it's anti hope. Uh-huh. Anti this this anti hope agenda. He left us feeling hopeless, but it took God coming in the form of man to give us hope again. Might I add, backing verse three again um, before we move forward. Notice that it said, if those of you have your Bibles that are following along in Romans 5, 3 in the ESV translation, whatever you're reading, but it, I'm going to read this again. It says, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings. Suffering. Now, check this out. A lot of us do not like to suffer. Pastor Aaron and I had already addressed that. We yep. hate suffering. I mean, I don't like, I don't like to be uncomfortable at any given point in time in life, but that happens. You know, I can't, I can't control that. But it says there's one word that seems to stand out to me in this passage is knowing that suffering does what produces endurance. What what is produce when you think about produce? What what do you, comes to your mind about produce? It makes it, it makes yeah. it it grows. There's a growth. Suffering causes you to grow in God. We don't like to suffer. We don't like to go through hardship and hard times and hard moments where we feel the pressure and it's piling up and and, and, and then the enemy starts whispering in your ear to give up, give up hope, give up all these things. But it is the pressure that you are in that God wants to bring a certain growth out of you. He is producing something on the inside of you that he wants to come out of you. Right. So therefore, the suffering is necessary, though we do not enjoy it, nor do we like it, but it is necessary so that there is a producing, producing endurance. That means you never thought you had strength to survive, but he, he's given you, he's producing you something in you that you never thought you ever had to show you that you can endure in Christ. Right, like he he is Hallelujah. allowing it to cultivate within you mm. to produce. Think about what fruit is. It's a produce. Yes. It's it, it's 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 produce from a farmer. Yes. He's he's producing within you the the fruit of endurance and character and hope. Yeah. And 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 it's only through the pressure and the suffering that that specific line of things comes into pass in our life right because when we are under pressure like you said a pressure cooker it cooks things under pressure but it's a rapid succession of cooking so something that could potentially take four hours only takes maybe 40 minutes right so 
I mean, here's another yeah. identification here uh, because, you know, um, uh, I forget the name of it, but there's a certain chemical they use with mothers who are at their term of, of birthing their children. I think it's Pitocin. Pitocin. Thank you. When you mothers out there that are listening, when the doctor gives you a Pitocin, things, the pressure kicks in very rapidly. Things that were going slow in your body now produces quickly and you feel the pain. Right. You feel the pain of what it produces, but you know at the end of the pain, there's joy. When you hold that child in your arms and you look at that child and all that pain and suffering you went through, you see there's joy in the pain. Right. God gives you joy through pain. Well, that's why it says rejoice. Yes. Rejoice in the suffering. Rejoice in the pressure because it produces within you endurance and character and hope. And the character we're to have is not so that we can say, yeah, I got good character. We are producing. It's the character of Christ. Thank you. The character of Christ. We are too pre- look, when people see you, they got to see Jesus, not you. Not your, your name or who you were born from or who you're related to. They have to see Jesus. That's Absolutely. what has to produce. Yeah, and that's that's the biggest thing that a lot of a lot of uh, Christians nowadays are are failing to see because in the suffering we choose the easy route, um, we choose the easy way out, um, and which is what Adam did. Um, but that suffering doesn't produce hope; it doesn't produce character or yep. endurance, but it produces a habit yeah. of of finding the easy way out of things. And God allows pressure to happen in our life to produce growth. But we have to see it as such from a different perspective. We, and instead of, and, and this is what God has kind of been telling Pastor Leon and I, and I'm sure we're going to expound on it, you know, in the Sundays and podcasts <laughs> to come. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's about the church's perspective. Yeah. How you perceive things is 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 how you're going to react. So instead of looking at a situation of suffering and pain and saying, why is this happening to me? We look at it and say, what is God trying to produce within me yep. through this particular situation? What can I learn from God here? I mean, like you said it, and I was going to go there, and, you, and the Holy Spirit already led you there. We always ask, why? Why has this happened to me, God? Why do I always have to go through this, God? Why, 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 why? We, go, we pile on all the questions and all the concerns and trying to find answers. <clears throat> but reality, the real question should be asked is, God, there's a purpose why what do I'm you here. Need me to learn? What do you need me to learn in this pressure? So because it took the Israelites 40 years in the desert yeah. to learn it took a whole generation to die off in order for them to learn and understand what God's purpose was for them and what he wanted to produce within them. I don't want to be in that generation where 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 I have to die off in order for the next generation to succeed and, and, and go into that promised land. Yeah. I want to, for him to produce within me yeah. what he wants me to look like. Yes. And, and, that only comes through the pressure. It only comes through rejoicing and suffering and seeing it from a different perspective and seeing him as God and him trying to show us how to live, how to respond, how to have character in those situations. Because let me tell you, it's easy to buckle under pressure when someone's attacking you. It's easy to... To tear people down when they're tearing you down, eye but for an eye, you know yeah, how we but, are. But you looking know. at Jesus when he was in trial um, for his death, they were asking him questions. They were spewing lies about him. But what did he do? He remained silent the whole time. Why? Because he knew who he was. Yep. He knew who God said he was, and being silent in the face of that. Because Jesus could have easily called down angels and fire. And yeah. He could have called down the warring angels yes. and, and, and d- did all these things and, you know, s- sentenced them. <laughs> of but, course. But he allowed the pressure to produce within him endurance and character so that way he could bring hope to the world. 
and he knew that the end result was way better than to find a way to justify his character right. of what he was for. He was a man with no sin. He was a man who walked on this earth pure and holy. He was the son of God in flesh and blood. And yet he allowed the pressure, my God, he allowed to produce within him greatness. Yeah. The greatness that's there. Yeah. And, and Jesus being the example for us all, we have to do the same within our moments of suffering and, and, and pain because we all go through it, but seeing it through a different perspective is what truly matters. You know, I want to add also about pressure. You know, we talked about Jesus, the cross. We talked about a woman birthing. I mean, think about the pressure of Mary. You know, like I talked about Sunday. But the pressure that Mary had to go through. Here she is, a virgin, conceived of the Holy Spirit. The pressure that she had to endure because of what she was born into. God God preordained her 14 generations prior, but here she is as a young woman of a royal bloodline, yet the pressure of being pregnant. And, and, and look, here, here's the beautiful thing. She carries... She carries greatness on the inside of her. Throughout all society looking down on her, God protected her from all the ridicule because of it. Mm-hmm. But but what she carried on the inside of her was growth, and same as what God So when we go through pressure, what we have to care, carry in us is Jesus. He fills right. us. Because she was able to see beyond what she could see. Right. The angel had to reveal that. She had to change her perspective. Right. And the angel said, blessed are you, Mary, among, yes. among, among all women. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, why? You know, the, the, the trouble that she could have faced. Yeah. Um, the, the, she could have literally been stoned for adultery. Absolutely. Um, she, Joseph could have left her and, you know, cause he, he planned to actually leave her, you know, yeah, divorce her quietly. Yeah. But she had joy in the, in the. Pressures is in the pressures. Yeah, because she was a young girl. There was a lot of pressure there. There was a lot of pressure carrying the Son of God. But look, that's the only thing that fills us. That's the only thing that's going to help us survive the pressure is knowing that allowing Jesus to grow in the only inside of you. Right. You birth the things of God. Right. That's what's important through pressure. Right, because it it produces that. Mm -hmm. It produces godliness. Mm -hmm. It produces. Everything that God wants us to produce. Yep. And it, and it's all about perspective. Because here's the thing, and we talked about Mary's perspective, and we talked about Jesus' perspective, but I want to bring Jesus' perspective back into it for a yeah, minute. Yeah, Because it says, hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out mm. into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Mm. Now check this. The, the poured out is a shedding. Right, and and the definition of it is actually um, abundantly poured out. Mm-hmm. It's 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 just this. It's it's almost the picture of the cross. In fact, it is the picture of the cross where Jesus was completely poured out as a yeah. as a sacrifice for yeah. us. And and who brings that now to us? The Holy Spirit brings us that. But but guess what? It was perspective for verse six. Check this out. While we will while we were still weak. Mm-hmm. At the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For Check this out, and he goes into a little bit of a dialogue here, because for one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare to die, meaning no one would die for anybody. You know, we're, we human beings are kind of selfish, and we, we don't want to die for people. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, mm-hmm. Christ died for us. Yes, he did. While we were still sinners. In verse 10, it says, for, I'm sorry, verse 9 into verse 10. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if, while we were still enemies, Mm -hmm. 
we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more, now that we are reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. So Jesus saw perspective. He had a different perspective in all of this in that he saw that we would be here today and and we would be in line for God's wrath had it not be for him rejoicing in his pressure and being squeezed for us. You know, that wrath, I was looking that up, um, it actually is defined as punishment. Yeah, punishment for an action so, in the court of law. Yeah, yeah. so back there is tying the court of law again. But there is a punishment that is due to us. And, and, right. God, and Jesus provided... Well, he paid the price correct. for the punishment. Correct. Um, those of us who who um, see our court system today, there are some cases where you either spend time in jail or you can pay a fine to get out of jail. Uh-huh. Jesus was paying the fine for us to not be held, for us to not be held under the the penalty of our sins. And and it was only through perspective that this was able to take place because while we were still weak, Christ died. While we were still sinners, Christ died. And while we were still enemies, we were reconciled. How crazy is that? That, that Jesus saw beyond what he could naturally see for all humanity to rejoice in his sufferings mm-hmm to rejoice on the cross, to rejoice in his last breath saying it is finished once and for all, that while we were still enemies to God, Christ died for us. He gave himself for us. People who were not worthy of it, people who were not, uh, who, who, who deserved to pay the price for their own penalties, Jesus paid the price for us by giving up his life. While we were still his enemies, he gave himself for us. While we were still sinners, he gave himself for us. And that speaks volumes to me. Because the, because I feel he, he desires to still provide hope because of the hopelessness. I yeah. mean, this world, we look at it, and I think we probably sound like a broken record when we say these things, but this world is hopeless. There, there's no hope in this world. We, we look, look, we were trying to look for a man to bring us hope, and that couldn't suffice. You know, and so, and so hope is in Christ. You know, so when we feel hopeless and despair and, and, and the pressures of life builds up, yeah, God, yeah, Paul's trying to stress that, look, even in the hopeless moments, Christ died. He knew you were going to be hopeless. He, you, were, you were born into hopelessness. Yeah. You, you, you didn't have any hope when you were born. Even when you were conceived, you had no hope. Right. But it's the moment when we accept Jesus yes. and his sacrifices when we yes. get the hope. And I want, I want something to, I want to point out something here in verse 10. And I want to show you these three perspectives okay. of past, present, and future. All right. For while we were mm. enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more now that we are reconciled, we will, shall one day be saved by his life. Mm. So Jesus saw in a perspective of not just present, but past, present, and future. He saw that his sacrifice justified past, present, and future. He saw beyond what he could see. And 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 because of that perspective, yeah. he was able to allow the the suffering that he faced, the pressure that he faced to produce hope. And this is what we're all faced with now. When we face these problems, when we face these, these trials and and persecutions in our life, we are faced with the option to succumb and be like Adam or allow it to do what it was intended to do for us in our life. Past, present, and future. I love that you pointed that out 
because he 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 has always been see we have time you mean we deal with time should i say right we live inside of time we live inside of time god has no time he has seasons but time does not even hinder god's moving what hinders us with is when god does not work in our time frame and then that's when we get anxious and we start questioning God because you're not working in my time frame. Well, God's saying, well, I was there in your past. I'm here in your present and I'm going to be there in your future. These three areas of your time has already been dealt with by the things I've done by your time. Yeah, <laughs> right. So, 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 yeah, that's that's exactly right. God is outside of time and it's hard for us to comprehend that. Yeah, it is. But, you know. I mean, it's even hard for us to comprehend that while we were still enemies, before we were even born, we were enemies to God because God's outside of time. He sees everything at once, pretty much. And while we were still enemies, before we were even born, Christ died for us. So that way, one day, we will be saved by Uh his life. And that... The ability to see beyond what you see is very crucial in the Christian life. And and this is just an example of it. And Jesus is the prime example of seeing beyond for generations. People now, if you put your hope and trust in him, you will be saved. Yep. Well, I mean, you're talking about perspective. I mean, we are to, for for example, we, we are here on this earth. We stand on the land and... Depending upon the place where we stand on land, whether it be on a mountain or in a valley, determines what you see. Right. You can go to high places across this land and you can see far, but you can't see far until you use binoculars or some strong, powerful sight to help you see beyond where you see. Right. Now, the higher you go, the further you can catch a glimpse of what you couldn't see before. Right. So when 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 we gain a perspective of God, we first and foremost, before we ever gain that perspective, we see the sight of only what we see. But but knowing to see beyond i don't Mm. i hope i'm not speaking in a riddle kind of form but i'm trying to get this across yeah but but if if we can see beyond where we can naturally see with our own eyes right because and 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 paul's paul's going to actually start elaborating on this and 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 god's kind of revealing it to uh to to me it's continue your thought and then we're going to go on to the next part go ahead Yeah, yeah, yeah seeing beyond what you currently see so if you can see beyond where you currently see and the only way you can see what you can't see is you cut you look up the Bible look up for your redemption draws near so I, I gotta go up to where he is if you constantly stay down where you can only see that far thus far that you're naturally eye sees we only base our decision based upon what we can currently see well you can currently see your problem you currently see your pressure you're currently and so that builds anxiety that builds worry stress doubt fear all these things are piling up on you because you only see what you see but see here's the thing god works in places you can't see right and that's where we have faith and that's where we're given hope because of what christ provides he provides sight beyond sight right and 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 here's here's the catch insight by the way right (laughs) plugging in the um the old series title of the next um but but check this out having sight to see beyond what you currently see therefore Verse 12, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sin for sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there is no law yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of one who is to come. So check this out. Adam did not have an elevated perspective. Mm. Because here's what God said. God said, if you eat of this fruit, you will die. You will surely die. Face value. Face value. I'm going to die I'm gonna, if I eat this fruit, blah, 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 blah. What happens? But what happened is when he sinned, 
death didn't just come to Adam, but he allowed sin to enter into the world. Now, the world here does not mean our physical world. It's actually cosmos, which means every created thing, Mm. the whole entire created system of what God created through one man, through his lack of perspective to see beyond what he can currently see. He brought sin into the whole cosmos. (laughs) He brought death into the, all of men, yeah, all of creation. He brought death yeah. in because of his sin. Well, I mean, because he didn't see beyond what he saw. He only thought of natural aspects. If I eat this, I'm going to die. So this must be poison. Well, well, let's just eat it to see. And that's what we do. And if anybody tells you not to do something, what are you going to do? You're going to do it. That's just a natural thing. And so he naturally eats with his wife. Okay, and they realized they didn't die. Satan knew that. Well, will you surely die? Well, no, you're not going to physically die, but yeah, you will physically die later as you grow older, you know. But there is a spiritual death, right? That Adam didn't understand and eat in partaking something he was not supposed to, right? A death to all mankind, not just him, correct? Because he was a representative, yep. yep. Of because his name in the Hebrew is actually man, yeah, mankind, mankind, and um, her name was also Ha Adam, which is actually um, uh, mankind as well. So they were both mankind, man and womankind. And so, here's the thing what he didn't realize is the perspective if I eat this fruit, I'm not just going to bring death to myself, but I'm going to bring death to all mankind forever. But that is where we're at, though. We only see for ourselves. Well, I'm going to do this, and you know, because this is how they've done it to me, and I'm going to do it back to them because this is how it is. And we think that we're only dealing with our own self and what what benefits us and what what helps us out. But in reality, your action affects your cosmos. Right. You, the, everything around you. Your world around you, your actions affects the world around you. The people that you live around, it right. affects one decision changes everybody's Everything. life. Right. And that's that's the biggest thing is, and, and there's this one minister that I listen to occasionally, and, and um, he talks about having a transgenerational consciousness, mm. meaning what we do is going to affect the next generations yep. of of church, uh-huh. and when we move into that perspective of, of of not just thinking, okay, what I'm doing is just impacting today, to what I'm going to do is impact generations to come. That's where the change happens because it's an elevated perspective. We must not be like Adam and only see what is right in front of us because oh, he saw the fruit that was in front of him. He saw the serpent that was in front of him. He did not have a transgenerational consciousness to the point where he was thinking about other people, his children, his children's children, his children's children, you know, thousands of generations to come. He was not thinking about them. He was just thinking about himself in this moment. That's the narrow minded perspective. Well, Jesus even said, whatsoever that you sow, that you shall reap. Exactly. So when what we don't see is that. We, when we do the things that we do in life today, mm-hmm. we don't see that we're sowing seeds. The Bible even talks about you can sow seeds of discord. Right. And so what we're doing now is affecting things later. There's a, there's a chain reaction happening. Right. It's not just affecting us. It's affecting generations. Generations. And think about this, you know, um, in the Bible when it says that uh, when you do something you bring our curse, not just on your generation, but right. seven generations to right. come. Right. Same thing with blessings. If yeah. you do something, then you, then, you know, blessings for seven years right. for the next generation, seven generations. And we cannot be like Adam when it comes to things and not just in church, but in our own family. Right. We have to see beyond what we see. Right. And, and through Adam, death came to all. Through Adam brought sin into the world, right? Cosmos. Mm-hmm. He didn't just 
it didn't just affect him. It affected generations, but it says he was a type of one who was to come. Meaning, Jesus, which we're going to get into in a second. He's our second Adam. (laughs) The second Adam. He brought life. And here's the themes that he's going to start introducing. It's it's death reigning through Adam. Uh But now he's going to flip it and say that that righteousness reigns in life through Christ. Right. But but Adam brought death into the world. Now reign actually means dominion, kingship, lordship. Right. Um, and so when Adam fell and he sinned, he brought death and sin, not just into him, but the whole cosmos and for millions of generations to come. But here's the thing in verse 15. But the free gift is not like the trespass. For if many died through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. And the free gift is not like the result of that one man's sin. For the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation, but the free gift following many trespasses brought brought justification for if because of one man's trespass death reigned through that one man much more will those who receive the right um, the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man jesus christ so what's the gift the gift is grace and paul's going to start diving into um sin and grace in the next chapter but as a precursor, uh, grace is not the excuse to sin, but grace is the empowerment to overcome sin. Meaning, when we were alive and we did not have Christ in our life, we were living dead, correct? So, now that we have Christ in our life, we're dead to our flesh, we now have righteousness, and we are alive in Christ. But the life only came through Jesus, who saw beyond the natural to see that his sacrifice will be the atonement for all once and for all, because he could see beyond what he saw. Well, I mean, okay, perception. We're still on this. Right. So, I mean, when Jesus was arrested, you know, knowing that death was coming to him, the disciples only saw face value. They didn't want him to die because all hope was when is in him living, not in him dying. So their perception was face value was that Jesus can't die. He He's not supposed to die. Right. But Jesus saw beyond natural perspective and to go into insight. Insight says, I see beyond where I'm at. I have clarity on something that I know that you're not catching on that I've been teaching you for the past three and a half years. Right, right. <clears throat> so when you're talking about, you know, we, we also talked about sowing seeds, seed sowing. Okay. What you do now affects people's lives later. So when we are planning to... Do the right things. Like, for example, he says the free Jesus died on the cross that we may have life. Right. Right. He he's given us the free gift. Paul talks about this free gift is grace. Right. Okay. Grace that not only we receive, but grace that we give. The Bible says if we if um, if I can find this passage here in Second Corinthians 10, 9. He talks about, uh, again, seed. He says, He supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. So the seed supplied, what is that seed supplied? That seed is the things that you do in faith. The things that you have been given and that you plant that seed. Not You're not planting, so you can plant good seed or bad seed, but let's plant the right things. What we plant today is, goes forward to touch lives down the road. You talked about before, you know, generations to come. Right. So the seed to the sower is bread. It is something that people can live off of. Right. And it doesn't just, see, when when someone plants a tree, right. they don't plant it for themselves. They plant it for their grandkids to put a swing on. Right. 
you know they plan it for one Abs- day you yeah. know you're you're kids kids to build a tree house in right they, they the the tree isn't for their benefit but the generations to come's benefit Back, like an apple tree yes when someone plants an apple tree they know for years that you're not going to produce good apples right but when that time comes when when the years have passed and yeah and your kids have grown and you know you got you got an apple tree a big apple tree that produces good fruit yeah I don't know if you remember this, you and you and your brother and sister were young um, at the time living at home with us, and we were doing, I think, um, over, I guess, the harvest season, a kind of services, you know, I was going to take up an offering. Now, the thing is, when I was talking about planting seed, mom, I don't know if you remember, she got online and saw this pumpkin there's a award-winning pumpkin all right won a won the first prize and you could literally buy the seed of the prize winning pumpkin right and and so <laughs> this is cool and you can purchase that seed plant that seed in your yard or in your garden and hopefully to produce the pumpkin that you purchased right so I don't remember the cost of the pumpkins because seeds, I mean, you get pumpkin seeds in a packet for almost nothing. Right. But this one seed costs money. Lots of money. Lots of money. Now, I'm not going to say hundreds of dollars, but yeah. this one seed costs money. More than an average pumpkin More seed. More than an average pumpkin seed. So you get what you put into it. You can go and plant anything you want in life and hope to get something. Or you know specifically what you're wanting to plant in life and know that what you're planting, you're going to take care of it. Why? Because it costs you something to purchase the seed. Right. Well, Jesus paid that price anyway on the cross. But the purchase seed that you're planting and that you're doing and that you're investing in is a seed that you're wanting to see produced. So, so the seeds, so, so he who supplies seed to the sower, bread for food, will supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Right. So these are the things that we're wanting to produce. We're talking about production, the producing. Pressure produces. So what seeds are you planting in your pressure? Right. What seeds are you you're planting when you're looking at life and it, you don't see what you think you see? Right. And that's that's crucial. I mean, what seeds are we planting when we come into church? Correct. What seeds are we planting um, at our homes? I mean, you could come to church. All right. Let's, let's, let's go there. All right. I don't know how much time we have. We're good. All right. So you could come to church. And I don't know how you are, but... Those are listening, I pray that when you go to church, you're, you're, you've got a notebook in hand, a pen in the other hand, and your Bible open in your lap, and you're ready to, to, to receive what the man of God has given you. But you can come to church, and you can do a couple of things. Do like I said prior, or do like a lot of people today, get on their phones because they, are, they, are so, they hear God's Word, but not listening to God's Word, and they're tuned out, and they're tuning into something else. Right. You're not planting good seed in your life. And the children that are with you, that you brought with you, are watching you not plant good seed. Right. And you're producing something in their life, stating of the fact that God's not as important. Right. In, in the Bible days, when, the, when it talks about, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good, you know what they used to do? They used to uh, soak the scrolls in honey. And when the dad would go out and read the scrolls, the kids would come out and lick the honey off the scrolls while he was reading the Word of God. Why? He wanted the Word to be sweet to their mouth as it's being read. There has to be hunger. And that's not what we're seeing today. So what are we producing? Exactly. And here's the thing about Christ is he produced for us all hope. Mm, mm, yes. But Adam produced for us all death. Jesus produced life for us all, but Adam produced death mm-hmm. because of their perspectives. Adam saw what was right in front of him. Jesus saw what was beyond what he could naturally see. And and this is crucial to, to the, the Christian's life. It's to see and have perspective beyond what we can see. Yeah. And it says in verse 18, Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification in life for all men. For as by one man's disobedience... The many were made sinners. 
So by one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. Now the law came to increase the trespass, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. So that sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through the righteousness leading to eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. So, either your perspective, are are we going to stay in a narrow-minded perspective and continue to teach our children to operate in the ways of Adam, which are the ways of death? Mm-hmm. Or are we going to allow Christ's work to do what he came to accomplish in our life yeah. and allow it to produce within us grace and righteousness, grace to overcome the sin and righteousness to bring us to a point where where we are affecting the people around us positively. And that's the biggest thing. It's, it's either we are living in death or living in life. Yep. But it's all about perspective because yep. the two perspectives of Adam and Jesus were completely different. And it's so crazy how, how the Holy Spirit is tying this these two things together because we're we're beginning to talk about perspective in church. <laughs> yeah. And um but insight. Insight. But insight. But the main message is, you know, through Adam death, through yeah. Christ's life. Right. But it all stemmed from their perspectives. What you see shouldn't be what you see. Does that make sense? Right. What you what what you see and what God see are two completely different things. Absolutely. So that's why we must rejoice in the pressure moments yes. because it produces within us the grace to overcome our sin, yes. but also the grace to produce character and produce hope for other yeah. people. And to endure. You learn how to endure the pressure, the pressure cooker. Right. And you're coming out well done. You're right. coming out ready. Right. Ready to be served and ready to serve. Right. And that's just, that's beautiful. And I, and I just love the way that Paul puts it into perspective. <laughs> I'm loving Romans, man. I'm yeah, telling you, I don't know if y'all are, but I'm it's, loving it. It's it's great. <laughs> and and that's the, that's just the biggest thing. It's like, what is your perspective and, and who do you serve? Amen. And, and, and what you do, though doesn't just affect you mm-hmm. it affects all people what adam did affected all people but here's the thing what jesus did affected all people too yeah but he's going to start diving into in the next chapter sin versus grace and 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 um and add the adamic nature versus the the jesus nature and how we can actually overcome sin in our life thank you jesus but it's only through christ jesus and what his perspective was to see beyond what he could see and 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 take us into the realm where he is but we want to thank you for tuning into calvary's compass this week uh we went through a lot of information um but God has given us the perspective to to see these things in new lights and, and new revelations and and we just are appreciative of this journey so far. Thank you for joining us. We're pretty pretty far into Romans now. But uh, five chapters has really changed the way that we look and see and how we perceive things. But when you are faced with pressure you are faced with a decision. Either you let the pressure do what God intended it to, which which produces endurance and character and hope, or you only see what is right in front of you and fail the test and affect the generations to come. Like Adam, he saw what was right in front of him, and he took it and ate it and affected the whole cosmos but Jesus was able to see beyond what he could naturally see and he paid the price for everyone's sins once and for all on that cross because he was able to see that his sacrifice was more than sufficient for all of us so it's about perspective how are you seeing things Again, we want to thank you for tuning into Calvary's Compass. If you like what you heard, make sure you subscribe to us so that way you get notifications when our next podcast comes up. Also, uh, go on Facebook, like us on Facebook, mountcalvarychurchofgod.com. And also we have a website, mountcalvarycog.com, uh, where all of our sermons and insights and 
what we believe and all that stuff is on there. So go check us out. We love you. God bless. And we'll see you next week. See ya.